Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am very excited today to have my Taylor Goff. Say hi, Taylor. Hi. So Taylor is my marketing guru extraordinaire. So the best thing is she's really good at what she does. And no, you can't have her. But over the past, I'd say month, 40 days, we're dealing with an office move. Our entire office is moving, which has led us to a lot of purging because I'm a keeper of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm 28 years in and I've gone to 7,852 seminars. I like to keep the stuff. Taylor loves that. Lots of notebooks. Mm -hmm. So it was time, right? It was time to not only pack things away, which was great, massive purging, but it was also time is to really say, okay, it's the second half of the year. It's time to do a refresh. And I thought, wow, if I'm doing this massive refresh right now, I want to share this with all of you because we are certainly still selling homes. Most people not as busy right now or busy, but not as productive. So to me, it's like, this is really the time to look at, look, the market has changed. It continues to change. We have to tighten up. We know this. We have to tighten up. We've needed to for years. And I run a pretty tight system ship. I do. Mm-hmm. Where I might keep everything since 1927. I am a systematized checklist person, but you've got to be doing those updates Absolutely. quite often, right? So to me, let's talk about back to the basics, right? We know we're competing more. I know we're interviewing more, right? And so I will say that I think your systems and structure are more important than ever. Mm -hmm. And I think the way things look and how you present yourself has always been important, but frankly, more important than ever to be able to demonstrate. I always tell people show, don't tell what you do, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why you need a tailor. So like, I think I'm good at the words, right? Like putting the words together. But if I had to do it graphically, like, I don't know if clip art still exists, but imagine that's what it would look Microsoft like. Paint. <laughs> exactly. It would be like, what is that? Um, so let's talk about this. But part of this is for you all, it's almost going to be like a little checklist of things that you should be working on. But it's also, I want you to think of ultimately efficiency, right? Like Taylor used that word. And I think it's fantastic. It's efficiency, not only internally for us, it's efficiency for our clients when working with us. And it's also time. I think, look, if you're like me and you've had notebooks, I have like five notebooks that say listing presentation ideas. And some of them are like 25 years old and a hundred times often it's the same thing I still haven't done. So it is time now to go through the notebooks from any seminars and your big lists of I've got to do this and commit or throw them away. So do what we're doing. Well, don't move because it sucks, but pretend your office is moving. In that case, you have to consolidate, you have to shred, you have to get rid of things. And then we're going to take a 360 look right from far out in the interweb into your inner systems into what you need to be focusing on right now. So I always think, look, if I'm in the process of doing this, if I need to do this and I'm pretty systematized and structured, then I'm guessing anyone listening here goes, oh yeah, I need to be doing some or all of this as well. So again, get a tailor. You can't have mine, but otherwise, again, I'll look like a fifth grader that tapes some stuff onto a piece of paper. So, okay. Now 
Let's start with, I'm going to call it way external and you'll see why in a moment. And then Taylor can give us some tips and things that mm -hmm. we've been doing. Um, but let's start with like, we have done a total review and a redo of our website. So why did we do that, Taylor? It was very outdated. If you went to our former website, I mean, it still looked great, but the pictures were, if you looked at the team and looked at the pictures, you're like, oh, there's been some, you know. <laughs> hair color changes maybe and those kinds of things. And it's like, you want your, your imaging and to present as when you walk in to meet clients and not have your clients be like, it's not what you look like on your website. You need to make sure your links are working. Are you still offering that service that you have a whole page dedicated to? And then you realize well, I don't actually do that anymore. So you really need to look at it and say, is this reflecting what I'm doing right now and what I want to be doing? I mean, it was a good website, but there were things on even some like plugins that didn't work anymore. Yeah. So like info to get contact us didn't always work. That's kind of important. Just mm -hmm. in case, like if we need to go to 101, if you have a website, it's so when someone clicks the button, they can mm -hmm. contact you. So maybe try that. But also things like, look at your stats. Does it say like in 2005, we sold six, right? Like, right. are they recent enough stats? Are they accurate? Are your days on the market stats accurate? If a potential seller is to go on your website, which is what they'll do, right? They'll Google stock mm -hmm. you. Do you have clear steps on what they need to do to contact you or how you get started? Right. Like that's the whole point, right? Is have them connect with you. So as a consumer or a mm -hmm. user, is your website one that I can go, oh, I'm ready to go. Let's click or right. Ooh, I'm not quite ready. Let's marinate a little bit. Maybe I can capture them. Back to that word efficiency. Yeah. Is your website efficient? Is it easy for your clients to get what they need? Is it easy for them to contact you and not have to go through, let me do this. And then I have to do that. Or maybe I'm not ready to contact you. Here's another easy way for me to get in touch with you later down the road when I'm ready. But is it efficient for your clients? Not just this big, look at me. I'm the best realtor in the yes, area. That's what I was going to say. Is it an, an, I love me website or here's how I can help you website. Right. Because if it's all about, I have a team, but everything's like me, 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 and picture of me. And don't mm -hmm. I look good? And woo wee, look at me. Is it how I can help you? Here's the services available to you. Right. So is your website, number one, findable, usable, does everything work, right? Links there, reviews there. I mean, there's all sorts of widgets and gadgets. And again, none of them do I know how right. to make happen. <laughs> we don't let me touch them, but that's really important. So let's start there. Is your website functional, up to date, right? right? Does it represent you? Do you have good photography, right? Is it something that you should have your friends and family, yeah. right? Look at it, Get have other people give you opinions. opinions. And try, oh, I do want to contact her. I want to download this report. Does it go somewhere? So number one. Number two, let's go from your website to other mm -hmm. websites. So when we did this, it was like, oh, doggies. Like Zillow, is it your picture? Do they have any sales you've done this century? You can load video, right? Mm -hmm. You can load testimonials. You can control the verbiage and, and direct to your website. So right. Are you updated? Does it show? Because they're going to use that as a barometer, right? Like how many sales do you sell in their price point? So are your updates there? Is your current website there? Is your contact information correct? Realtor.com. That's a tough one for us. It's still all wonky, but Realtor.com, <laughs> right? I don't think that's even me, but we're working on that. Your company's website. So I'm at Nest Realty. So is my Nest Realty right. profile updated? Does it have my most recent sales? Is it connecting to my personal website, right? So- Again, photos, stats, testimonials, links. Does it look nice? And also, does it read well? And if I'm a right. consumer, do I just think, God, she thinks she's great? Or do I say, wow, that's how they're going to help me? Right. 
It needs to be about what you're going to do for the clients, not why the client should work for you. I'm this, I have these awards. I've done this thing. Here's all these stats. It's more so here's what I'm going to provide you less. I'm just great. And you should love me because I'm cute. And I've just, I have the best experience ever out of everyone in the area and my tattoos. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I would win. But no, you think about that really. Like if I'm a consumer, right? So this is where I think have other evaluations. Like Mm -hmm. this is where Taylor looks at it. My family, my husband's the most brutally honest person ever. He'll be like, that's bad. Have someone else review it because I think Mm -hmm. I've been a realtor for so long. I don't know how to non-realtor think, right? right? I realtor speak and I realtor think. And, you know, to me, Mm -hmm. it comes... The process is natural. So you've got to have that outside evaluation. So spouses are great because they're super honest. Generally your kids, yeah. I mean, my kids, wow, brutal. My teenage and adult kids are like, mm. so get that evaluation. So external is anything outward facing, right? Yes. That I think someone's Google yourself, by the way. And I also think like, is your Google profile update? Because I will tell you my students, I will Google you and mm-hmm. I will then go, well, that's wrong. And you're not at that company anymore. Right. And so we got to make sure that your, your professional profile out in the web, the worldwide web mm-hmm. is updated, right? So we're going to start there. So take notes on that. That to me is number one and two. Then I am a process person. I think I've said that. Have I said that? I am a checklist for my checklist kind of person. But one thing we realized is even though we do redo these every year, we really mm-hmm. do. We'll do a process. Do we do this? Eliminate this? Add a gift here. It needed more oomph, right? It yes. needed, first of all, updating. All forms needed to be updated. Because I will say, I think there was a lot of redundancy, right? Like I think- definitely. To, you know, and then Taylor was like, this is the same thing or all these, we mean to use forms. Once again, mm-hmm. we're in this pile of, should we use them? So we went through the entire, we'll start with buyer process. We went through all of our forms and we went through our intake checklist. We went through our file checklist, what needs to be in the right. folder, what we need from the sellers. We updated again, templates. So when we send out emails of next steps, mm-hmm. those templates were rewritten and updated and actually some separated if there was too much info in one email. Yes. So it was really user-friendly. How is the client being guided? And yes, of course we call our clients, but what I've found over this many years is when we're in a process in next steps, I like to email if there's spouses, because I'm sure no one can imagine this, but maybe I didn't tell Philippe. Right. And that's, that's totally it. Right. I'm like, let's see, by the way. So at least, you know, right. Mm -hmm. This is, doesn't mean you can't call, but they both got the info. So a video is great for that. And thinking about that. So How would you all say, you can't answer me, but if you think about your processes now, lenders, same thing for you. So I'm talking realtor end, but lenders, you have an intake process for your new leads and your buyers, Mm -hmm. and you have your consult set up and then they do the pre-approval and how they do that. Is it user-friendly, right? You think it is, but have a trial of that. And is it, it, does it tell me what I need? Do I need to click 10 buttons and I don't know what I'm doing? Like, let's really look at that process. And you have to look at it as if you're the client and okay, if I'm being handed these forms and these processes, am I being overwhelmed or is it each thing's very intentional? I think when we looked at the forms, the old forms and kind of laid them all out, I realized you're asking for my contact information and date, like birthday and hobbies and all on three separate forms. It's like going to the doctor and you have to, for some reason, fill out your medical history at the doctor you've been going to for the last 15 years. Don't you know already? Yeah. I shouldn't have to fill out my name, address, contact number, favorite hobbies and all on a sheet four different times through the process. Cause at that point for me, if I'm looking at as a client, are you not paying attention? Yeah. Are you not logging this stuff? I should have to fill something out one time per item. 
I don't need three forms that ask me my hobbies and my birthday and my job. And we pre-filled. So one thing we also realized is at the end, sometimes people like, mm-hmm. right, if I just meet Taylor, she might be like, oh, I'll give her my phone number and stuff, but I'm not going to really get in deep with my kids. Then when you resend the form, it's filled in with everything you mm-hmm. know, not blank, right? These are just things you learn. But again, everything should be ease for client and service to client. So right now, once again, like every form was touched, every mm-hmm. form was tweaked, revamped, combined, removed. We don't do this. Like we shouldn't do this. This is no longer relevant or right. it doesn't reflect the extra touch points we need to do. And so the next thing is seller process is the same way, right? So again, lenders, you don't have sellers necessarily, but mm-hmm. you're listening and you want to add value to your realtors. So I will tell you lenders, one thing you can certainly do is, you know, you always think, what should I say to the realtors, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, If they have processes, you can say, hey, you want to go through your processes? I'll pretend to be a client and let's look at, are there sticking points? That would be huge value as you don't do it every day. So how can you advise them on intake lists that that you can help them? Do they have, when a client calls in, a checklist that's followed? If not, let's let's help create one. Like help them become more systematized if they're open to that, I think is a true value and vice Mm -hmm. versa. Like I think for us, we should go through a lender, you know, pre-approval as well as document submission process. Because if it's really difficult, let's figure out ways, either a video or something we can do to make it easier for them. So think about that. Even in that, even if you go through like your lender's process just to see or, or vice versa, even if they're great processes, it helps, you know, for your clients, then, you know, when your client calls and talks about the lender and the process, you can speak to that. And, you know, if I'm going to refer to this lender constantly and my clients are going to ask, then I want to know what the process is. So I can be that resource. And rather than being like, oh, I don't know why they're asking you that on that form. That's yeah, yeah. weird. You don't want to do that. Cause then you're kind of throwing your business partner under the bus. Sure. So if you know each other's processes, then you can support the client's both ways. Yeah. You could go to coffee and really just run through a yeah, fake, absolutely. right? Like process and go, okay, this is sticky. Cause I think the biggest thing is where's the frustration, right? So when, mm-hmm. when you really look at it in your processes, what are the, you know, it always laughs because people are like, I always have problems prior to the home <laughs> inspection. Okay. Why? Well, how can we fix that? Yep. And that's maybe more education and what to expect and you know, how long they take and mm-hmm. how much they cost. And right. yes, things are going to come up and no, a roof doesn't cost $850,000. And you know, these things that these fears, huh? how do we address these fears? And oh yeah, Marjorie said a list would happen. Oh yes. The roof is probably 8,000, right? How do we make these simpler for something that's second nature to right. us, right? We do this every day. They don't. Gifting process. Yeah. We redid that because I think they're the gifts that always happen. And we're very good. You, There's never not a walkthrough gift. There's never not a closing gift. Those are part of the process. Yes. But we've tried implementing, oh, at first meeting, this would be a great idea. Yeah. And look, I'm going to make this silly, but like, oh, at our first meeting, let's have like the Cinderella chariot come and, and we're going to put the red carpet down with rose petals, right? Well, that's right. impossible, but you know, that's, that's an exaggeration, right. but we have great ideas. We would have the champagne, like let's deliver the champagne when the mm-hmm. house goes under contract, non-alcoholic, if they don't drink. Well, it became a delivery issue or they're not at home or mm-hmm. they live in Jamaica or, okay. So then that didn't really ever fully work. Mm-hmm. So look at your gifting or your intention in gifting and saying, okay, what is a process that's helpful and beneficial right. yet doesn't make it that I got to hire a courier to fly into different countries to make it happen. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, we had things that we were like, this is a great idea, but it's just not feasible. Yeah. And if, if you're looking at these ideas that are so extravagant, cause they're going to win everybody over, 
you have to be able to execute it and not also spend atrocious amounts of money on something because you have to get a return for that. And I think even too looking at, we were just talking about clients that like sellers, we have sellers and we do, you know, a little gift at the beginning when they list with us. Well, one of the sellers is here, easy to mail to, to do a local item. The other one is across the country. Okay. So you need a plan for how do I have an equivalent gift that matches up because these are sellers working together. They're going to talk about the gift they got. And it's like, well, I got, you got that $20 restaurant card and they sent me $10 to Amazon. You got to be, you have to have the kind of matching up gifts for people who are here and who are across the country because, you know, we've worked with buyers in Japan, I think multiple this year, multiple times this year and moved to America, at least Charlottesville. Yes. They really like Charlottesville right now. So you kind of have to be, how can I give the same experience to those buyers who are all the way in Japan and doing everything on zoom so that they're getting the same quality and experience that we're giving to our people who are right here in the room with us. Yeah. So it's not just reflecting on the process, but like, how can I make this attainable to any client in any situation? Yeah, absolutely. And then think about, so milestones, right? So we want to do a gift at first meeting. Like when they hire us, we want to be able to acknowledge and appreciate Mm -hmm. that they selected us. Then there's milestones in the process. Our big most milestone for both sides is completion of home inspection, right? That's when you're sort of like, phew, it's going forward. Like, what can we do there? And then closing, of course, walk through and closing and then continuing after. And again, I do think people overcomplicate or overspend. And mm-hmm. it's it's how can we add value and how can we help clients, not how can we spend this fortune right. in a consumable item that they're not going to have and remember. And I think too, thinking of if you were given that gift at a closing to take home, is it a gift that you're now like, I have to find somewhere to put this. To an extent, you want some branded item and items in there, but for me, I don't want, yeah, <laughs> you know, a big cutting board on my kitchen table with so-and-so real estate team engraved in that. I mean, it's fine, but it's like, then eventually we am, don't I, am I an ad? Yeah. Is my home an ad for you? So I think it, it needs to provide value and something that people then don't have to just find somewhere for. I think our closing gifts are great because it's, it's things people are going to use. It's not super yay us. It, some of it is, I think, but it, it's very subtle and it's way of here's things that people will actually use and want to use and not have to find a drawer to put it in, or they're going to, it's going to ride around in the back of their car for six months. So we want something that they want to take home and use. Yes. Where I think you, you do see a lot of brain. I, I don't need a tape measure all the time. That's a keychain that's shaped like a house that's got your name. You know, it's like, am I going to use that? Is that going to be in my junk drawer? Like what, what are people going to use? And I think tell their friends about like, this was, Hey, this closing gift was really amazing. And like, they, they really put some thought into that. That's what they're going to tell their friends who are going to be like, Oh, that's service. I want to get for my home sale yep. or my home purchase. So I think branded, some branded is okay. Mm-hmm. Just not every single thing in the right. bag or your gift needs to be branded to you. Now let's talk about some social media. Oh, yeah. social media, not my strength. Just so we're clear, <laughs> I go on social media quite honestly, and I look people up and think, Whoo, they got older and then realized, yep, me too. Mm-hmm. I am, it's just not, I'm of wire. And so look, what we did, see, you're very good at it. She, she runs our social media. There's a plan. We do meet for content. But mm-hmm. then for me, it's like magic. I show up and there it is because Taylor does it. So, but think about it. You've got to have a plan. And I think right. one thing you've done a great job for us is we have like a voice and a brand. Mm-hmm. What's like a, what's, what's a social media voice? I think it's, you have to think about, you know, we are very 
we have a very lighthearted, fun energy. You know, we're, I mean, very professional, but also it's not, we're not showing up in a full black pantsuit and we're very, not very, you know, it's, it's fun. We're going to joke. We're going to laugh. And that's what we want to put across on our social media. Like there's funny things, there's memes, there's jokes, there's us talking to BB-8 on May the 4th because May the 4th be with you. It's very important. That might not be your voice. That might not be what you want to present, but that's what we want to present. So you have to think about what do I want people to think of me? What is my personality? What's my business personality? Does it come across on social media? And is your social media, your personal social media that you just like have realtor in your little bio and it's more of your family or is this your business and it's a little bit of you because they need to see you, but mostly like this is business, this is informative, this is client facing. And I think there's a middle, but you have to figure out which which lane are you going to be on? Because it's kind of hard if half of your Instagram and Facebook page is all listings and all. And then there's like 20 back to school pictures of your kid. Is that valuable to all your clients? I don't know. It depends on the message and branding and voice that you want to put out there. Agreed. I think it's also, there's a plan, right? I think Mm -hmm. there has to be a mix just listed, just sold for realtors, very important. But if I'm a follower, if I'm not currently buying or selling and I'm a past client, yes, Mm -hmm. I need to show that I'm still active and high, you know, remember me, but it can't just be that because there's not enough content that's Mm going to attract someone to continue to follow you, especially let's use Instagram. So we need to plan posts. We need to make sure there are business posts in terms of, yes, we're doing this and successful, but then there have to be tips. And then there has to be content that's local, that engages me that I want to follow. I want to hear about the new restaurant. I want to hear about, you know, you going to supporting this business. I want to hear about parks in town. I want to know trends. I want to know things Mm -hmm. that are interesting to me, even when I'm not thinking of buying or selling. What's the value in your social media to people when they're no longer an active client? You know, you've got those buyers who buy and they bought their forever home. They're probably, they might not ever buy again. They're probably going to refer you people, but why would they continue to follow you? If it's just your just listed and sold to me, to me, I'm not, I'm not going to follow a realtor when it's just houses posted and it's just sold, listed, sold, listed. That doesn't bring me any value. It's just taking up room on my feed. But if you're posting things about things going on in the community, you're posting tips, you're posting recipes, fun facts. It makes me feel more in a relationship with you then I want to follow you. It brings value to me when I'm no longer interested in buying or selling a home. And I think to having consistency, people need to know what to expect from your account. If it is, you post a home tip once and I like that. Oh, this is great. That's really helpful for me. And then you never do it again. <laughs> Cause it was great. So don't do it again. Yeah. Don't do it again. You know, for us, we have consistent Friday posts. We have consistent Wednesday posts. Then we pop in some things that are a little bit different every now and then, but we have our consistent Wednesday and Friday posts that are the same, our testimonial our testimonial and our home tips every Wednesday, Friday. And then we have a local spotlight. So we kind of alternate those. And then we, as we come up with things or there's funny things or events or something going on with us, we put that onto the feed and people know what to expect from our account. And it's also not necessarily about how many followers do you have? You could have... 300 followers, but they're valuable relationships. They're not just spam accounts that follow you because you put some hashtags in. You know, I think we've, we've about doubled our Instagram followers in the last year. And cause of Taylor <laughs> and most of them are, we really reached out and got past clients who weren't following us current clients. They are 
very few spam accounts on you're going to get spam accounts. It's just going to happen. It's the internet. But for us, it's like now we've really built those relationships and a lot of it has to do with too. Are you tagging your clients and things? We do client events and we, we did goat petting. It was fantastic. We had so much fun, but we posted pictures of our clients because they were in the middle of like goat snuggles. So they don't have their phones out necessarily. We're out there taking pictures and that brought value. And people like to be shouted out. They like to know like, oh, they thought of me. They valued that I was there and they put me on their social media. You need to ask. Yes. Oh yeah. Don't just, cause some people are very private, right? You know, so when can we tag you? Yes. Hey, this might go on social media. Are you okay with that? And then when I was taking pictures at that event, some people said no. And I just remembered I'm going to, this picture is for us internally for our or event. Or to send to them. Mm-hmm. But it's not going on the social media. Not everybody wants to be online. So you need to ask that before you post because you yeah. don't want to get that email. Especially their kids too. Like yeah. I would never post anyone's kids without clearly their permission. But I mean, I think that is, so that's been the biggest thing mm-hmm. is that you know, I have to say I probably hit a little bit because I knew we weren't posting. So I actively did not say, come follow the page where nothing right. happens because <laughs> I'm going to provide you, you no value posted since 2020. Yeah, exactly. So, but come up with a plan. Now, here's what I'll tell you again, for most of us, like when, when, when realtors and lenders are listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I've got to do a website. No, you've got to get help from someone like mm-hmm. a tailor who can help you with your website. They can help you with a social media plan. Right. Let's not miss here what I'm saying. Realtors and lenders, you got to get some loans and sell some mm-hmm. houses and work with buyers. Right. Your new job is not to become a social media influencer. I hate that word anyway, right. but it is to find someone that's going to help you with your voice and your brand and have consistency so that you have something someone mm-hmm. wants to follow. You are not the one that's going to spend six hours a day doing it because it's going to be great that you have a thousand followers, but you ain't going to sell no And houses. you're not going to do things that don't align with you as a person. You know, yeah. if you're not the type who's going to do funny, dumb TikToks, don't get a TikTok account. Now there's plenty of realtors on TikTok and I've heard people say, you know, the kids, the kids are on TikTok, teenagers, they're not your clients. I'm on TikTok. There's plenty of adults on TikTok. There's lots of real, you know, so there's, there's those different areas and avenues you can be in, but don't do something that's out of your comfort zone and is going to bring stress to you. But I also think there is value on, you know, I don't have an Instagram. Well, maybe your business needs one, because I think for me, when I'm looking, even like a hairstylist or any service I'm going to look at their online footprint. What's their website look like? Are they on Instagram? Why are they not on Instagram? See, for me, like that would not even like, right. why are they not on Instagram? Like I just go there. Like I like, cause my mm-hmm. Alex is a tattoo artist, milk crispy, if you need a tattoo and I will like, cause I love, cause I'm a great mom, right? Yeah, absolutely. Click, 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 like, like, or whatever you do, heart, yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wouldn't be me. But again, who's my target audience? Not right. just me. So you also need to think about where your clients are and how do you mm-hmm. appear there? And are you educating them, informing them? Are you present there? Do they feel like you'd be a great connection right. for them? So this is where we got to think about that. And then and ooh, video plan. Yeah. <laughs> Again, something for 26 years that's been on not that long. And everyone's game, but let's think about a video plan. To me, there are two stages to that. There's an internal plan, meaning the next steps for your mm-hmm. clients. So there needs to be. So if you think about communication with your clients, we need to be picking up the phone because we need to talk to them. We need to email them because I really want one place that they can refer back right. to when they didn't listen to what I said. Right. And then there needs to be video because that's a deeper connection. So if you think about in your checklist and everything we talked about earlier, think about massive next steps or transition steps. Mm-hmm. So what to expect in the first meeting, 
a video, mm -hmm. what to expect for your home inspection, a video, right? How a staging plan works or what staging looks like a video, right? The closing and walkthrough process is a video. So I think those are number one, what's great is you can use them over and over. Mm -hmm. And secondly, they just are more of a connection, especially right. if your client isn't local. But I think those are things that you can never over-educate someone because no. here's the thing, you maybe they don't watch the video, but you've sent a video, you've sent an email, you've called them, they've been constantly communicated with, which by the way is client's number one, number one complaint is lack of communication. Right. And so video plan and then external, of course, is what's going on your mm -hmm. website, what's going on your social media, interviewing your business partners, right. in, saying this is the best new restaurant in town and why. So there's two different parts to a video plan. Now, the funny thing is people either hate or love it. Yeah. So they're going to ignore, they're going to be like, oh no, no, I don't need checklists. I'm going to do a video plan because I'm a star or I love being on video. Mm -hmm. And then they're the people that are like, I will never have my face on a video in this century or it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Don't start here. Notice how far into this podcast. Yeah, this is later. Because you got to get the rest of the stuff done first. But I think it's the now, it's the future, and you've got to adopt it and you've got to implement it into your processes, right? So as Taylor has mm -hmm. helped me with that, those are things we need to think about. But I also want to kind of, for you guys internally, I want to make sure we talk about a couple of things that I want to make sure you are doing. So we've talked about now tightening things up. We've talked about the marketing, right? We've talked about all those mm -hmm. things. But I think let's also spend a couple minutes on something that I do several times a year. I don't think people do enough. So this is less marketing, but let's talk about, you know, our client communication, right? So what are we doing for our past clients? Are we communicating consistently with right. them? Do we have systems in place that we are not spamming them? We're communicating with them, right? So if you think about the long-term value of you as that professional, so for lenders and realtors, we're not going to get deep into this, but you need to have your fun communications, right? Mm -hmm. Like your, you know, maybe it's on a holiday or, you know, your Christmas card or your holiday card, or do you do pumpkins or pies or what do we do to right. like celebrate with them lottery tickets or, you know, mm -hmm. in-person events, so things like that. So that's for past clients. But I think one thing people don't pay enough attention to realtors and lenders both is our VIPs, those business people that make, make and break businesses, frankly. And are we paying attention to those most important people in right. our lives? Do we have a system to take care of them? And look, the market's changed for all of us. Are we reaching out? So if I'm calling you a VIP, am I checking in on you? And how can I help you? How can I provide value to you? How right. can we help each other? Um, how can I connect you to my clients? So I think that we really need to think about this. Do we have follow-up plans? Do we have a list of our top people? And by the way, friends, family, all those people that mm -hmm. we need to spend more time on need to be there. Do I really have this plan in place? Am I paying attention to them? If I say, oh, this person's super important to me, well, do they know it? Have I called them? Have I asked, are you struggling? Because a lot of people are struggling personally and professionally. Am I in true relationship with them, right? So what's right. that VIP plan? That's important for clients, but it's important. Frankly, it's for my sanity. I mean, they are my connectors, mm -hmm. right? They're the people that I know I can reach out to when I need help. They know I'm there to help and right. support them. So do you have that in place? And then right now, oh, so Taylor also <laughs> revamped. She's a jack of all trades. Are you taking great care of your leads? Do you have a right. super strong lead follow-up process? I mean, super strong. Because here's what I will say. Most people don't. And like, even when you came, I would have told you a year ago. I mean, we had, it was, I would say a, 
B minus minus, because I'm not going to give myself a C. Yeah. B minus 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 maybe. So in other words, let's explain that. The current people, let's say the people mm-hmm. that were engaged with us, hey, I've called you, I'm buying right spring, I'm selling this mm-hmm. year, I'm selling now, no problem. But the people that, hey, I want to buy a house and then disappeared. Yes, they got a couple contacts. There's right. no doubt. They did. We called them, we texted, we emailed them. How can we help you? We're here for you. But then they sort of lived on this list. Mm-hmm. Like there was this list. And most people, it's your databases of thousands of people that you have no idea who they are. We at least only had maybe 75, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. But it was like, who dat? I mean, who dat? Yeah. Really, because there was no contact beyond us multiple times reaching out to them. And so now it's like this lead follow-up plan is very clear and it is their new lead. So what are our categories? So we have new lead, we have qualified lead, we have in-process buyer or seller, then we have pending or under contract. And if they're a seller, they go active because they're actively on the market and then they go close. So they're tiered through each of the stages. So it's easy for us in our database, we use follow-up boss to be able to sort them and know, okay, here's our new leads. And they could be new lead for two months because they initiate contact and then they kind of fall off. We don't move them to the next process until they've gone through our follow-up process and we've heard back from them. You can email them 10 times and not hear anything from them. They can't move to the next stage yet because you haven't gotten anything from them. We've also decided how many attempts are we going to do before we say, we're here when you need us. You need to know like, what, what are you comfortable with? How many emails are you comfortable sending? How many phone calls? How many voicemails before you say, I'm going to let that one be? Because again, people have lives. Things happen. You don't want to bombard people with messaging and all. They may have reached out and then realized, oh, hey, my best friend actually just got the real estate license. I'm going to work with them. We can't blame people. And it is annoying when they don't follow up and let us know things. But we all have lives. And not everyone is going to see your value to get that email, like I'm working with someone else. So you have to know when am I going to stop following up because this is no longer benefiting me. It's wasting my time. So we do that once we've gotten through the final, I think we have maybe, it might be five touch points. We kind of actually it's between, so it is five emails, text, Mm -hmm. phone calls. So it ends up being minimum of 12 touch points, meaning because the email we follow up with a phone call and a text. So so, they've gotten about 12 contacts Mm -hmm. in terms of the, you know, the email, because again, how they first contacted right. us, if they emailed us, we email right. back. If they called us, we call them back. But then if we have obviously their email and everything, it is, you know, hey, want to reach out. So there's a staggered, probably three week process right. of not bombarding, but about 12 contacts. The last contact very much is we are here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they live in, I don't know where they go. Like we put them hold. So we have another stage and and follow-up boss is a great system. If you haven't looked into it, you can also listen to our previous podcast about lead follow-up. Good for you. Look I at know. You. I know. Just like back. referring back, oh, girl. it's a great one. I'm on it. <laughs> we put them as hold. And then they kind of go off into a whole nother system that we don't really look at as often. We don't pull those as much as our active, new, qualified, in-process active leads. But we'll pull that maybe once a month or so, two times a month, depending on kind of how busy we are. And we look, hey, you know, there's still, it's been now three months. They never responded. And the great thing about follow-up bosses, you can put them in, it's called the trash. That sounds awful, but it doesn't actually, it deletes them from you visually. But hey, they send a random email six months later, follow-up boss puts them back in. So their information is just kind of hidden in there, but you can pull them back and they're not in your face constantly because we do have some people, we had one client that reached out back in the winter that had started the process with you a year and a half ago and then fell off the face of the earth and then came back and was like, I want to buy a house. 
Yeah. And then, okay, not great. Don't know what just happened for the last year and a half, but we're going to move forward. So I think it's having a good system and database that works for you. Follow-up boss has worked really well for me. You might just like spreadsheets, but you really need to, are you using spreadsheets efficiently? There's a lot you can do with Google Sheets and Excel Sheets where you can label things and tier things and sort things. If it's just a running list, it's not in alphabetical order, it's not in date order, then what are you doing? Yeah. Like you need to have a clear organization system to do this. But again, again, you can listen to the previous podcast to get more into that. But I think it's, do you have that plan? Yeah. I mean, right now, again, as we're talking about leads harder to come by, mm-hmm. fewer coming in. Are you taking care of them? Are you managing them? Or do you have the follow-up system that you right. then they don't just live like no one's just allowed to live in new Mm -hmm. lead. Right. So, because then you have this, you know, massive list of people, which most people have in their database. Like I call people like, Oh, I've got 8,500 people. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. you don't. I think our new leads right now, I think we have three people currently marked as new lead because everyone else is in process. Either they're in process or they've gone to hold because they're MIA or they're just not ready to. So you have this set follow-up plan where it's kind of dummy proof. Yeah, which you know, is emails, very helpful for all of us. The emails who, you can copy paste. I know. I know. mean, it's, when you can get these systems, it's made my our lives, my lives way easier. It takes the stress away. The anxiety of, oh, what am I going to say on this phone call? No, I know I have an email, phone call, email, phone call plan. This is this phone call. This is what I'm supposed to say. This is what I'm going to say on the voicemail. So I know when it does go to voicemail, I'm like, you already know. So the anxiety of it's removed because I think we all have phone phone anxiety. Well, we do. None of us, we all, I mean, sometimes I love when voicemail comes from great. Perfect. (laughs) Email me. Yeah. So I think it's having that set plan. Here's what, if I'm going to just do emails, I'm going to do phone calls. I'm going to do alternate, but this is what each one is. I know the email template. I don't even have to think about it. I copy paste it in. I might tweak a few words depending on the scenario because you do need to make sure it makes sense. Don't copy paste someone else's name. You have another email. Bad. But having a plan takes the anxiety away for for you and it lets your clients know, here's what I'm going to expect from them. Yeah. So, I mean, think about this. I think this is systems wise, but it's the most important systems, Mm -hmm. internal, external. And the final thing as we end up, I will tell you, I'm big on planning, right? I'm big on a one-year business plan and a five-year vision. And about 60 days ago, I completely revamped my one-year business plan. And I completely revamped my five-year vision because I really was like, what do... I want, not what did I want three years ago? What Mm -hmm. do I want? What are really my goals? Not because someone else says, or what are my plans? So those are forms happy to share. You can, I'm sure Google them too, but having your vision clear right now, I think is Mm -hmm. super important as things have shifted. And as we can say, this is what I'm working towards. This is what's most important Mm -hmm. to me. And by the way, my personal time, massive, taking some really big vacations with my kids who are turning 22 and 25 while I can get them for chunks of time. I'm not going to look back and regret that. So to summarize, I guess one, you need a tailor, right? So that's Mm -hmm. clear, but I think it's really time to tighten things up and to look at your public facing media, your internal documentation, your processes, your follow-up, because I talked to way too many people that are just not, they're like, I don't have anything to do. How is that mm-hmm. physically possible? You have a lot to do because then as things pick up and we're, we're pretty busy right now, but as things pick up and as the market shifts right. again, you're not caught in systems that are incomplete, a right. website that's not really functioning and your data that needs to be updated when it'll right. never happen. So take that time now. Do a little pre-fall market cleaning. Yes. Go through things that you'll never do that you mean to that seven years ago sounded like a great idea. Like I think decluttering your mind, decluttering Mm -hmm. your space, 
moving forward with like intention right. and processes only is going to make the next few months and years, Absolutely. frankly, less stressful. And like Taylor and I've been doing it. Hence why I was like, we've got to talk about this. Cause I think this is a need for others than just us. Yes. Yeah. And just pre preparing and like previewing all your materials and looking at it from a client perspective is going to make your business run more smoothly. And also we now have all of our folders for sellers and buyers pre pre-made. They're ready to go. They're printed They're and everything in it is something that we're actually going to use. Marjorie's actually taken some forms, two appointments, tried them before we printed a bunch of them said, Hey, Oh, okay. This didn't work here. I'm going to tweak it. Don't get married to anything either. It can be morphed. It can be changed. If you realize, Hey, we're never going to use this form, throw the form away. You know, it's okay. I know if I can do it, you can do it. (laughs) So I think it's do what you can in this time before things get super, super busy to where, when it does get busy, you're not, Oh my gosh, I need to go make 20 seller folders. And I have 10 appointments today. Okay. Well, if you do them now, when it's a little dead, then you take that stress off you in the future. So I think just being very proactive right now and reflective of your business is huge. Yeah. And get someone that's creative and can do that work because I also don't want you taking all your time there and not doing what you need to do for your business to continue. So Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me on Real Estate Unscripted. Guys, I think this is the time. This is the time to look at the opportunities, look at what you need to do for your systems and your presentations. Mm -hmm. And so we all just continue to dominate in this market. And thanks so much for listening. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.